0: Day, December 22nd, uh, 2021. This is Messiah Matters number 369. I forgot that we should be doing our Christmas special today. My name is Caleb Haig.
1: I was just thinking that we're officially on our way back to spring now because the solstice was yesterday. I'm Rob Van Huff. <laughs>
0: All right. Yeah, buddy.
1: Uh, how's spring's it going? My, spring's like my favorite time of year. So it's like, oh, three months
0: till spring. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's what. Uh, it, well, we're what three days away from from the Christ Mass, and uh, I think that uh, I think that normally we'd be doing our Christmas special right now, right? But I don't uh, know. Not today. Do We normally, normally do maybe we will do our Christmas special. I'm still grooving with the with the music. With our intro. Ahoy, hoy, Says Paul. Paul, how's it going? Uh, hello to everyone in the uh, chat room today uh we are glad you're there with us and uh looks like we have a uh very small showing in the uh in the chat room but you it's know a what? cozy fireside chat those today. people the people that are not in there today they're gonna feel really bad because this is gonna be an awesome show because it just is so there so it's their loss um yeah i don't really have a whole lot should we just jump right in Just tell people to, you know, just pulled up
1: the the name of the episode. What is Christianity? So I that's that's how I know what we're talking about. I look what what the title is of the YouTube. So
0: Christina opts for the Christmas special. Should we jump into the Christmas? Okay, I'll do it. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Hang on just a sec. Before we do that, I have been I actually got a message saying you have not been you've been neglecting. You've been neglecting the phone jingle please play the phone jingle so first let's bring it up on the screen for all the people that are watching on YouTube our comment line is 253 465 3205 let's hear the jingle Messiah
2: Matters wants to hear from you leave us a
0: comment a question or two call 253 465 3205 that's right you can also send us an email dot com, and then (laughs) pardon me it's all the construction going on around me Uh, you can also find all of our past episodes messiahmatters.com and you can uh, find all sorts of resources to study the Bible to practice to do whatever you want at com. free and paid stuff Uh, so go check it out and um, it looks like okay so Christina opts for the Christmas special the Christmas special, it shall be. Hang on just a second. Let me turn my audio up here just a little bit. Looks like I'm a little bit low. Check, check, check. Okay. Um, so, we had someone call in. Actually, I had a brother. Was it an email? I forget. Anyway, we had somebody uh, email me. I, we'll just pretend it was an email. And, oh, no, 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 it wasn't. But anyway, I know who it was. Uh, they said, I noticed, I've been listening to your past Christmas specials and I noticed that your... Uh, your view on Christmas has changed over the past, I don't know, how many years have we been doing this? 10 years or something like that? Nine years? And but what um, was it before? Anyway, go ahead. Okay, so yeah, so this is a really interesting, so th- this is probably why we should be doing the uh, Christmas special today. So in the past 10 years over the past 10 years let's okay i as you can tell we did not prepare for this but we'll we'll you know we're we can go off the the cuff we're good we we can improvise i took see, improv if classes this was a christmas special i'd be drinking like a tom and jerry right now <laughs> <laughs> yes i see i this I, is I, just water i took improv classes i can do this okay so um okay so okay So you do this here we go, here we go. <laughs> Um, my father wrote a, uh, a little pamphlet called Why I Don't Celebrate Christmas. Now, in that pamphlet, and I'm going to use that as a reference, which can still be found on tourresource.com, by the way. And my father stands behind uh, that, that the work that he did for that. Now, in that, uh, in that pamphlet, he brings up several different reasons that he doesn't celebrate Christmas. They all center around uh, the paganism that uh, he believes is attached to Christmas. And this goes around, uh, This, I mean, this is the stuff that you can find in common books. Things like the fact that uh, Christmas may have come from Saturnalia. Saturnalia was a festival that was celebrated back in the day. There's a whole book on Saturnalia from that time period on how they celebrated Saturnalia and, and, the, and the likes. Another one is Sol Invictus. Now, um, Sol Invictus was the undying sun. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about all these things just briefly here in um in a few moments. And basically the, the line of thought within this paper. Now I'm, I don't want to pick on my father by any stretch of the imagination or on, you know, on the pamphlet because I'm not convinced wholly that uh, this, these things have been disproven. Now with that said, in the past several years, I think Michael Jones really kind of uh, was the first to collect all of the different scholarship that's been, there's been scholarship that's been working on this. And we've actually talked about this uh, in different shows. And the reason why is because Rob takes what is known as the calculation hypo- hypothesis. Now, we're going to talk about all this here in just a few seconds. But the point here is this. Scholarship has come out and said we, uh, Christmas didn't come from from Saturnalia. And the reason that they say this is because there's really no evidence. And what I mean by evidence is there's no smoking gun evidence that Saturnalia, that the Christian said, you know what? There's this great festival called Saturnalia. We want to celebrate it, but and we want other people to convert to Christianity. Let's just put Christ's birth on that day. And so there's no evidence of that. Second of all, Saturnalia was not on uh, on December 25th. So that's really kind of the... That's kind of the, the thought pattern there. And so, because of that, Saturnalia has actually been taken out of the equation. It's been taken off the table in terms of a Christmas uh, a, a Christmas correlation. Sol Invictus is a little bit more of a smoking gun. However, there has been arguments against it as well. S- uh, Sol Invictus was placed on December 25th. Constantine actually, um, at least... I know there are people who dispute that, but I think that there's good evidence that Sol Invictus was celebrated on December 25th. Constantine was big into Sol Invictus. There's actually coins of, uh, of Constantine's face and the undying sun behind him. Um, and I think that it's very interesting that right about the time that Constantine becomes a Christian, we see the first reference to Christmas show up on a calendar. And then right after that, uh, you know, Sol Invictus kind of fizzles out and Christmas takes off. Or that's kind of what it looks like. Now, is there any smoking gun to that? No, there's not. I I, can, I have no text that I can point to that say, Ah, see, the Christians said Solon Victus is on December 25th, <coughs> and so let's just put let's just put Christmas on there. We'll put the the birth of of Christ on there, and, and we'll just steal all their their uh, traditions. Th- that's actually not the case. Um. Now, with that said, what is the the belief in those who uh, who don't think that the the day December twenty fifth comes from pagan origins? Well, Rob and I have talked about this before, and I, I'll let you take over at any time here on the on the calculation hypothesis. Do you want to explain that one? Since I've been talking for a little while, well, I I didn't know we were talking about this, so I didn't go
1: <laughs> back. Uh, and you know, we we talked about this several years ago, I think. But basically, you know, and I don't have it all handy but I looked at how how did they come up with this how, what are our earliest sources how did they come up with December 25th um, that's one angle and then I look at the the reformed tradition Calvin John Knox and then even later like Spurgeon and they are clear like there this is not scriptural right to, 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 there's no biblical justification to create a celebration around, christ's birth right um that it's that uh, and so they're the reformers i don't know maybe correct me if i'm wrong if any of the reformers actually forbade forbade it but they're saying this is a tradition this is not anchored in scripture um and be careful because it because of the catholics right i mean they're so uh Okay. but they're h- highly h- suspicious of it and they're 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 affirming it's not in scripture
0: okay so and so
1: one one point also is that john calvin did not on on like let's say christmas was on a sunday john calvin did not preach on like the magi or any like he just was preaching through the bible it didn't matter that right i mean if he was just next next sermon for the next week kind of thing so it, it wasn't a blip on his celebratory radar um, but it does seem that the date for December 25th was calculated in what I call it's a, a Christian midrash. It's It, it emerges in a, in a couple, you know, second, third century uh, situation where they wanted to affirm incarnation against people that saying that Jesus was like not really human or, you know, like all the the. Christological controversies, right? They wanted to affirm that his kingship, they wanted to affirm his flesh and blood. And uh, at the same time, they took prophecies like uh, Malachi saying, you know, the son of righteousness will rise with healings in his wings. So, and they know it's tied to Passover uh, with the spring. And so they calculate, they, they have different ways of calculating and they come up with strangely, December 25th, right. December 25th um, and uh, of course not. Uh, as time goes on, I think it's the Eastern Church comes with a different celebration.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So it's it's never been a unifying the, the idea in American evangelical Christianity that Christian that Christmas and Easter are like these unifying, biblically founded holidays is an illusion. Right. Because if you if you take the the Jeff Bezos shuttle way up and you look at the whole, the whole history, you're going to see cause of division. You're going to see it, that, uh, that it's not rooted in scripture. Um, and that you have, uh, high allegiance to it on the Roman Catholic side, you have rejection of it on another side. And then you have various places in between that are trying to say, well, you know, what, what's, what's good about it. What's bad about it. You know, even if I know it's not scriptural, and then people trying to like navigate the 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 developments and the institutionalization of it.
0: Okay, so so real quick, there there uh, people in the chat room asked about my my reference to Mike Jones, Michael Jones. Michael Jones is the uh, he's the he's inspiring philosophy. His his YouTube channel is inspiring philosophy. I know Mike, and I've uh, had lunch with him before. <clears throat> I've talked with him several times. Actually, I just talked with him just the other day about one of his videos. <clears throat> via email. Excuse me. I don't know what's going on with my uh, with my chest here. Anyway, um, now, I, I like Mike as a person and I think that a lot of what he has done has been good. Um, I think that he is honest a lot of the time with um, trying to just look at sources. With that said, I also think that um, Mike has shot himself in the foot uh, talking about whether or not things are pegging or not. And the reason why is because when we talk about paganism, I think people use that as a broad term as not, honestly, I think a lot of people use that as not something that I believe in. In other words, like it's, it's pagan, which means it's not of the true religion of the Bible. That's not actually what pagan means. So I think Mike is trying to take a literal view of what the word pagan means, which I appreciate. With that said, he did a a video on why Chris or why Halloween is not pagan. Um, I don't care who you are or what what you believe. If you are celebrating Halloween in any way, shape, or form, you're celebrating something that is of darkness. Whether you want to call that pagan or not, that's of the dark side. And it's clear in the Bible that we're not supposed to do that. So honestly, I think that Mike has taken this view of, um, and we talked a little bit about syncretism and the idea of mixing things that essentially differ. I don't think that we as believers, as Christians, should do that. I think that we should... Shun anything that has to do with idolatry, shun anything that has to do with the dark side, shine any, you know, we should not mix those things. And so um, because of his video on Halloween, I almost questioned some of his his references when it comes to um, when it comes to to Christmas as well. But I will need to go and and look at them. Uh, Mike Jones debated Zach Bowery on the Christmas tree. And that's another thing that we could talk about anyway. So. Um, and he slaughtered, by the way. Mike Jones slaughtered on that. That's how I became aware of, of, um, of Mike. Anyway, um, so I will contend that I think that there is good evidence that it's possible that December 25th was chosen not because of Sol Invictus. However, I'm still very suspect of that. I think that, that it was very convenient that Sol Invictus happened to be on the same day and that there were a lot of people who would naturally want to celebrate on that day. I think that that, like, switching from the sun worship... Okay, but let's just say that's true. How come there's no... Who celebrates that today?
1: I mean, maybe there are. Are there people in the world that celebrate... Sol (laughs) Invictus? Yeah.
0: No, my argument is that when Constantine became a Christian, the Roman government made uh, Christianity uh, uh, legal and that Constantine... <clears throat> said that he was a Christian. Now, w- that could be debated, uh, what what he meant by Christian. I don't necessarily think that he was a monotheist. But the the celebration, he was big into Sol Invictus. And so, all of a sudden, their, one of their holidays, one of their major holidays that Constantine is big into, it, he, it starts to go away. And right at that time, what happens? Christmas is put on the calendar. So, it's very convenient that, that Constantine all of a sudden switches... Uh, religions, but he gets to keep celebrating the same, the like on the same day. To me, that's very suspect. I'm not willing to say that there's not pagan ties there. And to me, syncretism—I want to stay away from syncretism so much that if it smells at all like there could be paganism attached, I'm not doing it. So that's number one. Now, I'm not going to judge other people who do. I have good friends who are Torah observant, uh, observant, who like full-on Christmas, like Christmas trees. Wreaths, the whole nine. So I'm not. I'm talking about me and my family. I'm, you know, beyond that. I think that a lot of people will say, well, it's not pagan. It's, it, you know, it's it's a. It, these come from Catholic traditions. I'm not Catholic either. I'm not a Roman Catholic. And this is this goes into our conversation that we were having the other day, looking at uh, some of the Catholic traditions and the Greek Orthodox traditions. You know, I, I was watching this documentary. You can find it on YouTube. It's it's free, about an hour and a half long. It's about the monks on on Athos. This Uh, this uh, mountain island, I think it is, in uh, in Greece. And I was just looking at (laughs) these guys. This guy's going to become a priest and they have their Christmas celebration. And they, you know, they got these guys that are draped in what looks like real ornate, window curtains or something you know with crosses all over them and they got this huge hat with these pictures all these people around it this guy's got gandalf staff apparently i don't know what is going on there it's like he's gonna fight sarah or something right and and they go into this into this room that's like i don't know maybe a thousand square feet and and they start by like kissing all these things and bowing down to all these different pictures and then they go and they say this thing and then they turn this way this is no joke. There's a there's a chandelier that's got candles on it and the priest walks over at one point and he grabs it and he shakes it. It's like, what do you where did all this stuff come from? Like, how did they come up with this? Like, okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to turn and you know, like, oops, I accidentally knocked the the chandelier with my Gandalf staff. And so now it's swinging back and forth. We'll we'll put that into the we'll put it in. Let's put that in. We'll make that part of the worship, right? Like, it makes no sense to me. And so, like, when people say, oh, well, it's not pagan tradition, it's Catholic tradition, I, honestly, I kind of, like, I'm not seeing why we would do either of those. I'm not seeing why we would all of a sudden incorporate a a, a mass into our, our celebration of, of Christ, whether it's the birth of Christ or not. I'm not against celebrating the birth of Christ, by the way. I think that actually there's good reason to do that at Sukkot. I think we have a biblical festival where we should be celebrating God with us because that is the whole point of Sukkot is that we tabernacle with God. Um, it, so anyway, uh, some of the other arguments that uh, could be brought up is this is uh, you know, like the Christmas tree. People say, oh, the Christmas tree is certainly pagan. Actually, that's the one that I think is probably the le- has the most evidence towards it not being pagan. Um, things like mistletoe wreaths, all that kind of stuff. I think that there's, I, I, I think those are very suspect, even though there's people who say they're not pagan. But uh, the Christmas tree on on December twenty fourth, there was a saint that was, it was a saint's day. I forget who it was, and they and they celebrated celebrated it through a uh, a play of the Garden of Eden, and they had the tree of of life and death, and they would put apples on the tree for the this play well there were no trees that were actually had leaves on them except for evergreens and so they used an evergreen initially this was outside when they would do the the play and on December 25th after the play was done the kids were able to then eat the apples and this was a obviously a great thing for the kids who didn't get a lot of fruit and whatnot back then and eventually this came in, they would bring them into the house so that the kids could eat the apples, so on and so forth. And this ultimately then was decorated other ways. I think that that's actually probably the best um, explanation for how the Christmas tree got attached to Christmas. I don't see Christmas trees being used in Sol Invictus. I don't see Christmas trees being used in Saturnalia. I don't see any other literature that talks about Christmas trees or where tre- why trees would be incorporated into any festival around that time. So when we talk about those things, like okay, yeah, I, so and this is a far cry, by the way, and all of this to say, this is a far cry for me from where I was, you know, ten years ago. Ten years ago, I would have told you all of that stuff hands down is is pagan. I think what we've seen within the in within the Christian movement and maybe even in the Torah movement, you know, the Torah movement, what happened is you had this: everything is pagan, everything is from Babylon. This came from like. Hislop's work, the two Babylons, and whatnot, and and uh, Lou White's fossilized customs, but people started to realize like these guys have no evidence. There's they they're making things up, literally making things up, and so then people start digging, and I think over or just, time or it's what they call parallelomania,
1: like right. they see they start grabbing things out of context and saying, look, these are the same, right. Well, it's like the passage from is it Jeremiah chapter ten? They take a piece of wood and they put gold and silver on it and stand it up in their house, right? And so people have said, "Oh, it's a Christmas tree," right? Well, that's it can't be a Christmas tree because a it's talking about Jeremiah's time, so we're talking Solomon's temple was still standing. It's talking, about, and so you have to, what were they doing? They were, yes, it's wood, but but it's they make it into a, an image of something and then they cover it up with gold and silver so that you don't see the wood anymore. You see the gold and the silver. And then that's what people are bowing down to. But people see, oh, the Hebrew word there is etz, which means tree, not wood, gold and silver. They think silver and gold, silver and gold on every Christmas tree. They're going to be
0: like, see, Jeremiah 10 right there, baby. And it's like, okay, yeah to to me that that's actually not only is that a weak argument it actually uh, hurts the text you're 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 yeah, you're, you're going, destroying you're, the, the biblical text this
1: is the very problem if, if and this is why so if someone who's let's say uh pronomian or something takes and they have their all their arguments to other Christians as to why that's the case and why they need to go back to the text but then they're going to take Jeremiah 10 and use that as a spearhead to attack the idea of a Christmas tree. They're guilty of the very same thing that they're
0: you trying to get you trying to get the Christians to see that they're guilty of So, you know, th- there's a lot going on in the chat room right now. First of all Brandon says evergreens were used in pagan practices. Okay, you can't just make categorical statements like that you would need first You know firsthand witness show me the text Show me the text back in ancient pagan rituals where that is, is the case, that's number one. Um, and number two, uh, 1 John two twenty six says, is Christmas in the Torah? No, then don't celebrate it, real simple. Uh, that sounds easy enough, but ultimately, that's not how any, any culture works. We celebrate things, we celebrate things like uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays that we, because we eat and watch football. I mean, who doesn't love that? Um, so, uh, you know, the, the 4th of July, we celebrate things that are not in the Torah. Fair, and I'm Hanukkah not, and Purim are examples. I mean, you, Hanukkah and Purim, exactly. They're not in the Torah. So, I mean, the, the, no, here, here's the thing is that I, I'm going to be the first one to stand up and say, I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm not going to celebrate Christmas. I think it's a Catholic holiday at, at its roots. If not, it's pagan at its roots. Both of those things are things that I don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. I'm a Protestant, I'm not a Catholic. I'm, I'm a Protestant, I'm not a pagan. So for me personally, I'm not going to do those things. And I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to, but at the same time, with that said, I also am not going to be one who's just going to accept things without proof. If we're gonna say that, that uh, the evergreen trees were used to bring into the home to, sell, to celebrate in the celebration of some pagan uh, festival, okay, that's fine, show me. We we have to have evidence of things b- when we're going to make categorical statements. As of right now, the biggest smoking gun that we have for that is Hislop's, like, two Babylon's or Lou White, you know, and his fossilized customs. You can't just take things and say, this this is because. you. I mean, we have to have evidence for it. Now, does that mean that I'm going to all of a sudden go out and start celebrating Christmas? My answer to that is no, I'm not. I, I don't, I'm, now, do, <laughs> I also think, to be honest with you, I think that people genuinely like Christmas. I'm I'm a weird person in the re- well, just in general, but in the respect that I love Christmas music, and we play Christmas, me- quote unquote, Christmas music in our house all year round. What's your favorite song? Um, Oh Holy Night,
1: maybe. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, exactly. With, with a good performer, but that that doesn't have to be Christmas to. Well, exactly. Well, so, "Jingle Bells" is a bunch ri- of hymns. There's a bunch of hymns that are beautiful hymns um, that are traditionally, you know, uh, sung at, at Christmas time, but they don't
0: demand Christmas time. Right, and uh, well, "Jingle Bells" was written for Thanksgiving. What so, I mean, yeah, "Jingle Bells" written that. is a Thanksgiving song. But that's not
1: a that's not religious song anyway. That's no, sorry. but I
0: mean, my point is, is that we we associate things with the term Christmas, but that's that's recent. So, I mean, I agree with everyone in the in the uh, chat room who's saying I, I'm just I would just rather not celebrate it. I'm with you on that. <clears throat> I'm not going but I'm not going to in my personal opinion, I'm not going to go around and say, uh, you know, I'm not going to make categorical statements that uh, that I can't prove. Do I think that there is paganism that is attached to Christmas? Yes, I personally do think that. Do I have smoking guns to be able to show you? Um, no, probably not. Is there other uh, is there other um, explanations for how these things came to be that are not pagan? Yes, there are. Are they viable? Um, are are they viable explanations? Yeah, they are. They are viable. They, they are they're possible explanations. Do I agree with all of them? No, I don't. And so for me personally, I'm not even going to risk it. You know, it's like my son said to me the other day, Dad, it's against Torah to get a tattoo, but what if you got a tattoo of a cross? Or the Hebrew name of God. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I said, you can never please God by sinning. And if it's a sin to get a tattoo, then you that would not be God would not be pleased by that. And so if it is a sin to incorporate things that are pagan or Catholic into a celebration that is not commanded in Torah, should we do it? Absolutely not, in my opinion. In my opinion. Now, with that said, I've already talked about Christmas music. I will also tell you this. Every year, we wa- my family watches Elf, and we watch Home Alone. And once the kids go to bed, I sit down and, and I, watch <laughs> I watch Die Hard. I watch Die Hard. So, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we... I'm not going to pretend like Christmas isn't around me. And honestly, I will tell any Christian this. If you want to celebrate the birth of Christ, I have no problem with that. I'll do that any day of the year, including December 25th. Take away the Christmas trees, take away the holly, take away the, uh, you know, take away all of those, the Santa Claus, the reindeer, take away all those things, the mistletoe, and let's just worship God. A hundred percent of the time, 100% of the time that I've told that to, to Christians, you know what they've said? It wouldn't be Christmas then. So, so is it? And to me, that's a problem because if we're really worshiping yeah. God, there's a.
1: There's and, a uh, I, I knew I made a note of it somewhere, but I don't have it handy. But there was a, a, book that was put out for Christian missionaries, from the academic, field from the perspective of the academic study of anthropology and ethnography. And what that means is like they're like observing the fruitfulness or unfruitfulness of various missionary work uh, enterprises in different third world countries throughout the world. And one of the things that was a concern of one of these missionaries who has also had a, a really rigorous education in anthropology was like, there was a, one place they, they, the people who received the gospel, they were, they, they received Santa Claus, uh, elves, like all these things were like, it's the same as like Jesus and, the, and like, you're right. I mean, they, they just accepted it all because that was their first encounter. And what it caused is the missionaries had to go back to the drawing board. And they went like, oh crap. We're like, we're we're importing stuff like a whole bunch of tradition that that we see in our mind we imagine it as different from the bible the people who are brand new to it they just think mm-hmm. it's all a package deal and they and so they've had to go back and rethink what does it mean as, as missionaries particularly from like western civilization you know from the industrialized western enlightened post enlightenment world what kind of Western bad habits and Western baggage are the missionaries just like take, you know, blindly transmitting with the word of God. And that, and, and so I really thought that was a, that was, that was very humble for them to be reflecting and willing to question, right. They, it wasn't a defense. It was like, we need, we have work to do because we are, we are, muddling our message we we we're, we're not as sharp on the scriptures because we're bringing in and transmitting unknowingly uh, naively stuff that doesn't belong and that's that to me where the heart of the matter is is right there
0: yeah well somebody in the chat room just just said celebrate festivus and i think that that is the heart of the matter we should all celebrate festivus <laughs> it is a, gr- it is a festival gr- for the, uh the airing of grievances yeah festivus for the rest of us it's it, i mean and then really, the re-
1: what is the wrestle
0: what you uh, wrestle? yeah you have to pin the uh the the head of the table uh <laughs> and uh the 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 meal can't be over until he's pinned so anyway, don't get me do not get me started on uh, on Festivus and on the entire series. Because anyway, okay, um, you know, th- there's other things that my son and I actually have been talking about Santa Claus and Saint Nick in, in during this season because he saw we were at Nordstrom's the other day because I'm married to my wife and um, she he he saw this box that said uh, letters to Santa Claus and he said Dad. If you celebrated Christmas, what would you, what letter would you write to St. Nick, to Santa Claus? And I said, I would write, thank you for slapping Arius. And he thought that was hilarious. He just thought that was so funny. And the thing is, is that because of that, we've been, you know, now my son knows that story. But the reason he knows that story is because I'm able to say to him, well, you know, St. Nick is a real guy. He was, you know, he was at the Council of Nicaea. And when Arius got up and declared that Christ was a created being, St. Nick went up and slapped him in the face and he got put in prison for it. You know, he was in prison during the entire Council of Nicaea because he slapped Arius in the face. And so now my son brings that up all the time. And so, I mean, there is, there are some good things that can come from Christmas. All right, I hope that that has uh, I hope that that has satisfied some of the uh, of the wonderings of my personal views on Christmas. Am I celebrating Christmas? No, I am not. Am I going to celebrate Christmas? No, I'm not. Uh, never fear, I am not I'm not falling down that rabbit hole. Uh, but have my have my views on Christmas changed? Yeah, my views on Christmas have changed in terms of I don't think that we have solid evidence to declare all things pagan. Within Christmas. I just don't think it's there. So, but there are scholars who are going to stand by that. And I, and that's, I'm fine with that too. I'm fine with that too. Um, okay, let's move on. Shall we? Actually, we have something that ties into this. I got to find my show notes. Um, here we go. Tanner actually wrote in uh, this past week and he says this. He says, hi, Caleb. This is in um, reference to show th- Three, six, eight. He says, hi, Caleb, at 2740 in this episode, you said regarding Catholics, they're Christians like us. I think that needs to be placed within context, though, Tanner, uh, because right before that, I said that uh, basically the word Christian means anyone who follows Christ or little Christ, which means that anyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah would fall under that c- category. So if that's the case, if we classify, if we classify Christian as someone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah, then actually we would have to put Jehovah's Witnesses, we'd have to put uh, Mormons, we'd have to put Catholics, we'd have to put all those under the term Christian, right? Because they believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, errant doctrine abounds in all different denominations, but that's not really the point for that title. He says, "Can you elaborate on what you meant by that?" I think I just did, and how? Okay, so let me repeat back what I'm hearing you say, Caleb. Go ahead.
1: So, for you, your <clears throat> for you your definition of Christian is not you're not insisting on an orthodoxy. You're not insisting on a specific doctrinal um, criteria set that that has to be met, other than. They tell a story about Jesus and they call him Christ.
0: Okay, so this and, is not... and
1: and it's exclusive. In other words, one thing that they all have in common, whether it's Mormonism or Catholicism or Jehovah's Witness, they're not going to use Christ for another person, right? It's an exclusive right title given to Jesus of Nazareth.
0: Now, I think that that's the broadest of terms. In, in what I mean, let's let's admit this as well. From about five to six hundred, up until about fifteen hundred, so we got about a thousand years. You had two choices. If you were a Christian, you were either Roman Catholic or you were Eastern Orthodox. There was no other choice. You didn't get to choose your flavor of Christianity. If you lived in a certain region, there was one Christianity. There wasn't two. You didn't get to like go down to the Baptist church. Well, in the West, yes, but there was like there there was Christianity like
1: Syriac Christianity, like in in Mesopotamia, and that was
0: had its own issues, right? Right. But my, my point is, is that especially within the Roman uh, the Ro- Roman provinces, you didn't and up into England, Germany, all these places. You didn't have a choice. If you lived there, you if you wanted to be a Christian, you were Roman Catholic. And here's the thing is that I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying that the term Christianity has been held by Catholicism for a very long time. So, I mean, I'm not saying that they have full rights to it, but I'm saying that they certainly have, they're sitting at the card table at least, right? I mean, they got a hand. They're playing a hand in the, in the, in the debate at least. Um, so to just, uh, to all of a sudden come, come through the Reformation and say, well, the Catholics aren't quote unquote Christian. I think that that would, okay, we might be able to say that if we're going to narrow down the term, if we're going to redefine the term. And I'm not opposed to redefining the term. But ultimately, how are we going to do that for the rest of the world? In other words, when P- when we use the term Christian, I am a Christian, what does that mean? I think that it's a broad enough term that you can't just say I'm a Christian these days. You have to say I'm a Christian that believes or I'm a Christian and I am or I'm a Baptist Christian or I'm a Lutheran or I'm a, you know, or I'm a Catholic or whatever it may be. There's right. a, there's there's terms that you have to place on this on this word. Now, the word Christian is not a bad word, though. In fact, it's used in the scriptures. It's used in Acts to refer to the the believers of, of the Messiah. And so I think that the term is a good term. I don't think that we should shy away from that term. Why is this happening to my... Hang on just a second. So, okay, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead.
1: From an outsider's view, like let's say the Dalai Lama or the um, the chief rabbi of Israel or something like that, the chief Sephardic rabbi of Israel. And they think of themselves as having a a religion, right? A religion for the, for the Dalai Lama. It's what it's Tibetan Buddhism, right? For the, for the chief rabbi of Israel, it's, what he would think of Judaism what we've called Judaism. But then they go and they look out at the nations of the world whether that's the Dalai Lama or or the, you know and they look and they see the Catholic Church they think oh that is Christianity. Right. They don't interact you don't see the Dalai Lama meeting with Joel Osteen. <laughs>
0: right? Okay.
1: Right. As a as a representative of Christianity. Agreed. You don't see, you know, I don't know, but I to me, it seems like most of the, most of the Orthodox Jewish leaders that get any press meeting with other faiths are meeting with like the Pope or something like that. They're not meeting with John Piper, you know, or, you know, they're not meeting with reformed, um, leaders. Now I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe there are examples out there. Uh, but in terms of what gets The headlines, what gets publicity is usually like the pope meets with oldest orthodox rabbi from Israel, you know. And so then they're like, so then that for the rest of the world looks like, oh, this is like Christianity and Judaism are sitting down together and
0: having a having a talk. Well, this can be this can be seen in politics, too. Why do you think Joe Biden? This is funny.
1: I have have to say something. Go ahead. So (laughs) I have this must this was in Chicago. When was when was was that 2013? When SBL was yes. in Chicago. I uh, know
0: 2012 because uh, I wasn't there.
1: Oh, okay, that's right. Is that because Ben was born? Yes. Okay. So, so I'm there, and I'm going to a special. They have a special talk for Jacob Newsner, who was suffering from, I think it was Al, or Parkinson's. I think. And but they wanted to honor him, and and so I came early, and I wanted to get a good seat. And I see Jacob Muser, he's sitting by himself, and I'm like, "This is the most." Was he writing a book at the time? No, no doubt. Most one of the most published authors in in history. Um, just outside, it doesn't matter if religious or not religious, but you know, oversaw the translation of you know the bulk of the rabbinic corpus, midrash right. and, and and halakhic, into English. Um, oversaw one of my own teachers, doctoral dissertation, Marty Jaffe. Anyway, so I'm like, and he's just sitting there and it's like, I have an opportunity. So I go and I introduce myself and talk to him. I told him that I had, you know, one of my favorite teachers was one of his students and he's like, oh, how's Marty? You know, talking like that. And and we just, I just held his hand. I went to shake him, but he, he just held my hand. It was this weird, this thing. He just like held onto my hand while we were talking. Anyway, I said, can I get a, can, is it kind of strange if I asked to get a picture with you? And he's like, no, not at all. So I got my computer and I took a little selfie with me and Jacob neuster And then he he turned to me, he said, the, the last time I had my picture taken, it was with the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I said, that's a tough act to follow. <laughs> yep. So, but the point is there, there's an example of like, that represents now he, he, he was born in reform Judaism. Right. And then he moved into uh conservative for his academic career. But then as a, as an elderly man, he went back to, he, he got fed up with, with the conservative movement and went back to, to reform okay. Judaism. But the point is he is seen as this world leader, this published, humanities author more than anybody else, a religious authority on the history of Judaism. He's written books like the rabbi talks with Jesus and stuff like that. And he gets an audience with the Pope. And from his view, the Pope represents like, this is like Christianity. This is like the other Judaism. This is like, it's like
0: the brother. You know what I mean? Okay. I got story time now. I got, I got story time now too. When I was in Israel, I I was, long story, but I was 18. I was, I was trying to convert to Judaism. Okay. And I decided beforehand that I wasn't going to deny it. Like, I just was not going to deny Christ no matter what I was going to try to do it secretly, you know, as a, not telling them the truth. And, uh, so I go, into I got this, in by a lie. Yeah, exactly. I go, I, so I go to this yeshiva and, uh, the, the, uh, the rabbi there says to me, he says, okay, so are, are you Jewish? I said, well, my father is Jewish, but my mother's not. He said, well, what's your mother? He, he Actually, he said, what was your mother before uh, before she married your father? Said, she was a Christian. He said, what was your father? I said, well, he's a Christian too. And he said, do you still believe in Jesus? And I said, yes, I still believe in Jesus. Now, I went back after, he, I, after I got kicked out and escorted to the door by a uh, Is that security. when you got kicked out right yeah, then? Yeah, yeah. Um, I went and told my friend that I was rooming with. I said, uh, yeah, you know, this is how the conversation went. And uh, he said, uh, well, why did you say that you believe in Jesus? I said, because I do believe in Jesus. He said, no, you don't. You believe in Yeshua. There's a difference. And I said, what's the difference? He said, when that rabbi said to you, do you believe in Jesus, what he thought was the holy sepulcher, what he thought was the Roman Catholics that are sitting there rubbing a rock and kissing it and crying because they say that Jesus was laid on it. He sees idolatry. Now I understood what my friend was saying. And I think that a lot of people would make that same argument. I'm not willing to, to split hairs like that. I'm not willing to deny Christ in front of others.
1: Well, yeah, that's a weird, because wait a minute, wait a minute. Then, then if that's really what that rabbi thought, then he would say, what, why are you interested in this path? I but, mean I, I tend to friend, agree. Your, but but if he's if he uses it as he's seen other people before like you and he's like has these questions he asks he's like, yeah, there's trouble here um, so I I don't buy the argument that the rabbi sees that necessarily that guy kissing that stone or whatever
0: okay, so hang on just a sec I've been watching the entire I've been watching the entire uh, conversation that's been going on in the chat room. And uh, Victoria is, is, is ardently de- defending uh, salvation by faith uh, and quoted R.C. Sproul and also quoted Genesis. And uh, 1 John 2.26 uh, is opposing and Victoria said, uh, Are you one that thinks Paul should be thrown out? And 1 John 2.26 says, Uh, If Paul's teachings are different than from Torah then he's wrong and I want to translate that real quick I just want to I uh, he might not want me to he she might not want me to translate this But this is how I read that if the Holy Spirit's teachings are different than the Torah then he's wrong That's how I read that Do we believe that the that the apostolic scriptures Are inspired by the Holy Spirit? If that's the case, you can't say Obviously, the apostolic scriptures don't go against the Torah It's all the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is the inspiration for all of the Torah And that includes the apostolic scriptures So Paul's teachings You can't just say if Paul's teachings go against the Torah Because what you're saying is If the Holy Spirit contradicts himself, then he's wrong And this is the same thing. Well, it's the opposite
1: of like the guys like the Sefer Bible where they add a bunch of books. Right. (laughs) It's like (laughs) they're saying, yeah, the Holy Spirit inspired this, too. Or or they're saying, oh, it's all this is is just an ancient library. Right. None of it's none of it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's all just an ancient wisdom library and we're going to study it and
0: and use word pictures to find secret meanings. Boy, this Christmas special has been in the weeds. Okay, let's uh, let's get back. Uh, To Tanner's question. I love that we haven't gotten to anything else except for Tanner's question. We didn't think we were going to have enough to talk about today, by the way. Um, Okay. Can you elaborate on what you meant by that? Are you talking about Christian? Okay. Based on what I've learned about official Catholic doctrine, I don't consider Catholicism to be compatible with biblical Christianity. I would tend to agree with that. And I actually just did a video yesterday that um, is posted uh, in the Growing a Messiah members area. It'll be released next Tuesday to everyone. And it's the the uh, theological divides between uh, Catholics and Protestants. And so I tried to uh, navigate those waters. Anyway, uh, let's keep going. I'm thinking of things like baptismal regeneration, praying to and worshiping Mary, uh, the mass transubstantiation, that's a good one, justification dependent on one's own merits, purgatory indulgences, slash indulgences, Papal infallibility and others. I completely agree with you on all of those things. I think that the big one, by the way, Tanner, just between you and me here, uh, is actually salvation by faith alone and not by works. Because at the Council of Trent, they determined that anyone who says that uh, that grace is given through faith alone, or that uh, that salvation is given through faith alone and not by the works, uh, and not by one's works, uh, is anathema. And so that, in my opinion, is actually the big, huge divide between the Protestants and the Roman Catholics, Catholicism in general, because that statement from the Council of Trent has never been retracted by the by the Catholic Church. And so that's uh, that's that's a problem. Could we could we apply just to 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 build upon or perhaps
1: hijack Tanner's question. What if we? Ask the same question. He just answered, he just entered the chat room, by the way. Keep going. Of the word Israel. Why does Paul in Romans 9 say not all Israel is Israel? Because what we do is like we say, okay, there's different ways we can define a term. And on one hand, we say, well, anybody who self-identifies and says, Yes, I'm a Christian. Let's just say that's one big circle. Any you just interview everybody in the world and you say, are you a Christian or not? They say Christian. Okay. You're in that circle. Yeah. That's the big way I'm hearing you kind of say, let, if someone or some group identifies at it, let them have it because they're claiming it. So now, yeah, but that doesn't mean that, but there's a, a qualification here. Exactly. <laughs> And that's what Paul's doing with is That's why Paul says
0: not all. Not okay, all so, but, but is hang, okay, hang on just a sec though. Hang on just a sec because I know where you're going with this, and I actually see the two circles as what we would think of as Christianity. Okay, one circle, Israel, another circle. Okay, now when we bring those two circles together, there the overlap right here is covenant membership. That is ethnic Israel, and non-ethnic covenant members that are all covenant members in the new covenant. That's the sliver to me. Okay. Well, that's not what I was trying to say. What I was trying to
1: say is you'd have two circles. You'd have people who self-identify as Christian and then real Christians. And then those, and then you said, I mean, and some of this people are in both because they, they're re, they real Christian and they self-identify.
0: Okay. Hang on. But then sec- there's, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. But
1: then there's going to be Christians that people say, yeah, you're Christian in name only, right? Uh, And that's what Paul's saying. Not all Israel is Israel. You'd have two circles that say Israel, those who have some sort of rationalization that say, yeah, I'm Israel. I'm part of Israel. And then you have those who are in Messiah Israel. And then you put those together. So, so in other words, Paul would say just to, to take that from Romans 9, you could say not all Christians are Christians.
0: Absolutely. I completely that, agree with that. That's to play on that double. Yes, meaning. absolutely. Uh, we got to go back to this, this little thing here in the uh, <laughs> in the chat room. What is um, it? I'm so tempted to log in. 1 John two twenty six says the Holy Spirit wouldn't teach against the Torah. A different spirit would. No doubt. That's exactly my point. That's why you can't say that Paul would teach against the, the Torah. All 66 books are inspired by the Holy Spirit. You can't say Paul, the Holy Spirit is the inspiration for all 66 books. And so quick yeah, I would to, say this if you're reading something in Paul and you go, This is against the Torah, don't
1: blame Paul. Yeah, you've misunderstood. Don't you, blame Paul. And second of all, if one, your first move is to blame Paul, then that's that's like the log in your own eye. Right. right. Like, um it's and, it's what what you want to take that is is oh, Peter says that there's some things Paul teaches that are that are are hard to understand. So then what you do is you lean on that and go, okay. I probably don't understand it right. I need to do my own homework here.
0: But yeah, to, but that, to but start that's the, throwing guess, stones at Paul right away is ignorant. That's the other thing that is actually getting me a little heated under the collar. One John two twenty six keeps telling people to go read and go to go to doctrines and do some reading. No, stop it. There are a lot of pe- there there are people in this chat room that know more than you do. So and it's obvious from your comments that they know more than you do and they've done more research than you have done. So stop typing, sit back and actually <laughs> be a little is, bit is, humble because you're making yourself Caleb's out. Caleb's
1: got the, the ruler. and He's going to slap you. He's slapping well, I mean, you're, you're, you're making
0: yourself out, out to look very ignorant by telling people to go to go do research. Make some coherent comments uh, uh, about doctrine and then you might actually get people to actually listen to you. But you're not doing that right now saying, oh, go read doesn't help. Good gracious. Ignorance is bliss. All right, um, let's go back. The final comment here is, I do believe that there are some born-again believers who are part of the Catholic system, as do I. And uh, he says, but I believe they are saved despite what Rome teaches. I completely agree with the agree, agree. Of, that,
1: That's what Luther would call the invisible church, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. That's but like, I, and, and what that is, that means God knows those who are his, right? Messiah knows those
0: who belong to him. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, should we do one more? We got five minutes. Yeah. Do we have an audio? Yeah. You want to do an audio? Yeah. Do Lo- Lois's? You you told me Lois.
1: If you have it handy.
0: I got Lois. I got Lois. This right is here. number
1: twenty-three, by the way. This is a privilege. We all get to hear number uh, number twenty-three of the thirty-six.
2: That's right. Um, this is in reference to the. Uh, show on December 16th where you were talking about the person that called in and uh, was uh, oneness Pentecostal. The main thing I think in this person's case is that they are lacking a historical grammatical hermeneutic and although uh, Rob did bring up that you need to compare Scripture with Scripture, that, that particular part of a good hermeneutic, that they're taking the book of Acts and ignoring the end of Matthew there. So that part was brought up but i thought you might also add that people get to places like this denomination has partly from a lack of attention to the original languages for example on the issue of uh, glossolalia where they are taking the king james word tongues and making it something different than languages and then also the historical part that how can you have an apostolic church unless you understand the historical understanding of what the word apostolic would have meant in the apostolic era. Good point. So some of these things have just developed and come about over time because you have a whole bunch of stacked up bad hermeneutics.
0: Yeah.
1: Go ahead, Rob. Right. And it's, thank you, Lois. It's nice to hear your voice too just in general. But um that is that's such a good point that and this was big on the reformers, right? The reformers were we need to we need education in Hebrew and Greek, right? Because the Latin tradition, and this touches back even to Tanner's point of this institution of all sorts of things that that happen in a in a Latin dominant approach to scripture, they've like really sealed themselves off uh, from being nourished and nurtured and disciplined by. text in the original languages so what did the reformers do they had to learn hebrew they had to they had to learn greek and start translating into the new languages uh the word of god and that's that has you know been a wonderful trajectory in history you know the reformation with all its stumbles and scrapes and bruises along the way um the core doctrines of grace are are so important but to this day you know that that comes to the lament of of seminaries that are lessening the rigor when it comes to Bible languages, because what happens? What And, and I even uh, had this book here that Caleb and I were talking about. I haven't read the whole thing. It's by Brent Strawn, uh, The Old Testament is Dying. I don't know if that you can see that, but um, basically he uses the the idea of a language and then a creole or a pidgin and then a creole as what has happened um, kind of sociologically over time, with the, why, why we can have things like Joel Osteen now <clears throat> speaking a language to millions of people that seem to what he calls happyologists, uh, happyology. Um, that really, it, there's no future for for the Scriptures in the in the happyology uh, dominion, even though they claim the Bible as like this holy artifact. It's really uh, not there for disciplining disciplining believers, and that's uh, why he he plays on that and says the Old Testament is dying. I I don't I think that's a little bit overshot. I could say the Bible people are dying,
2: <laughs>
1: right. people are dying, and I wouldn't say the church is dying. Um, I would say that believers are um, great. You know, challenge, the challenges for believers is 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 uh, great um and that means you know just the down to the simple what does it mean to love god am i clear on the doctrines of grace do i understand what forgiveness is what does my marriage look like what does my family look like what is you know what's my devotional life you know right. am i am i pursuing things of the world i mean this is it, it, these kind of core foundational questions are uh are in front of us now and the grounding our only grounding is in the rock, right? It's all is in the rock, is is in the word of God. And by God's providence, we have for the most part, they're imperfect copies, of course. We don't have the original Torah, right? You know we they,
0: don't have the original. I mean, that'd be awesome. Like right off
1: that Paul's reminds, hands.
0: That reminds me of a YouTube channel called Rob on the Rock. Oh <laughs> everybody should go check that out. <laughs> Um, uh, word word play on that yeah the idea is on the rock
1: yeah well yeshua says you know we want to build on the rock and 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 so that's that's a life of of discipline uh a life of pursuing things of the kingdom a life uh pers- being in the word and wrestling with difficult things that are in the bible you know and and living our life and seeking to bring all our relationships into that expression of, of what is the greatest commandment, you know? And when we cut ourselves off, like Lois, I, I like how she put it, you know, the, the, uh, the, accumulation of bad hermeneutic, we end up building new religions. Right. And this gets back also to Tanner's point about Christianity, because I'm sure this, I think that that, uh, person who called in, she would probably identify as a Christian. I, I don't remember if she mentioned it specifically in her, uh, uh, voicemail, but that would be an example of someone who identifies as a Christian. But I would say, you know, let's. W- there's some things we need to to, to clarify here that uh, where the Scripture needs to be given the Scripture's voice uh, because that's the Holy Spirit instructing us there. We have to take it seriously, and it has to be our priority. We want to be like Mary, sitting at Yeshua's feet and learning. Uh, and and being attentive—that's that's what I liked about Lois too. Saying that uh, they're inattent—failure to attend to the text or paying attention to the text—and we need to learn to do that. We need to learn what does it mean to to attend to the Word of God. Uh, and for me, a big aspect of that is allowing Scripture to help us understand Scripture. Uh, and, and that takes meditating on the word that may, coming back to it again. It doesn't mean it's not like Starbucks where you pay for it and you get it and you're on your way, right? It's, uh, it's, it, 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 God wants us to pursue him and to put him first. And, and that's going to be a path for us that is difficult. It's going to be taking our cross and following him. Okay. I'll stop.
0: Okay, so we uh, before we go, we do have to – I agree with you, by the way. Uh, Before we go, we do have to acknowledge uh, Mary's super chat, which she has uh, given. She has asked for specific uh, sound clips, so here we go.
1: Weights and measures.
2: (laughs) I'm never going (laughs) to – All right. I just my dad. My the day
1: he's like this was odd because it's like seven at night or whatever I think and he says you're interrupting a t- TV show and I, I it's like I'm that's not that's unlike my dad to say something like that I'm like oh really and then I listen in the background I hear Caleb's voice he's like <laughs> we're watching Messiah matters <laughs> yeah and I'm like oh my goodness I could just imagine my parents sitting back in their
0: recliners with their TV on Click listening that. to that uh, clip of all right hey it's been fun it's been real but we gotta go um thank you so much for uh being with us today and for listening we appreciate all of the people in the uh uh in the uh chat room and whatnot and uh yeah uh don't forget to subscribe we would sure like it if you did that all right We hope that this conversation has done at least one thing, and that is to glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah. Why? You know why. Because Messiah matters.